Hello. Hey. Hello, Hello. Harry. And welcome to this week's episode Charlie. of yes. Generic Ear Porn. Yes. Let's go, everybody. Yes. I hope you I, I Boom. Know. How was your Easter? My Easter was lovely. Um, lovely bank holiday weekend. We got lucky on the weather. Yes, we did. Um, how, you, did you feel the good summer vibes? Spring oh, I, vibes? I felt, the, I felt the summer vibes so much. <laughs> I, I, almost, uh, I almost burnt sitting out in 21 degree heat, which is pretty embarrassing. Oh, I definitely... Son- you go. No, 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 you go, you go. You're, you're talking. Well, the, the fact that... You know, my my skin hasn't seen any sun at all, but the first bit of sun it actually sees, it almost, I almost burn. It's a bit bit uh, bit British of me to do that. Typical, typical Brit. Yeah, I've been wearing, I've been wearing moisturizer. You know, over Ooh, my housemates. It's now a joke in my house. It's a joke in my house because I won't shut up about the fact that I'm wearing Factor Fifteen moisturizer all the time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well I, you know the first few times i brought it up i was just shocked at how expensive it was yeah you know almost seems like i could just buy moisturizer and sun cream and i'd be better off there you go there um, you go there you go lads yeah that's, that's a health hack for i you. wanted them combined i wanted them combined i wanted my two-in-one shampoo yeah of moisturizer and it, but yeah so but i you know i forgot it on the first day mm-hmm. uh then i burnt and then you know I just kept on topping up my burn. There you go. Top up the burn. Yeah. Lobster first. Top up then, the burn. Then tan. But did the um, did the Easter bunny come in, in good fashion? The bunny came. The bunny yep. uh, came, dropped off some eggs, and uh, I consumed consumed them. Consumed many of them. Um, yes. We, we did. Um, uh, we failed miserably because I came back for, for Easter to see my family, and nobody had organised who was going to get the easter eggs so we left it right until like the last minute and found out that nobody had got anything so we did a last last desperate dash out to the shops to see if we could get anything and the only thing we could find was a terrace chocolate orange and some ferro rocher <laughs> so oh, what hid. a good but that's a treat oh that's a treat you know terrace chocolate orange british staple you know orange. <laughs> sorry i'm actually Terry. eating some chocolate as we speak <laughs> oh yeah no i'm not i'm joking <laughs> we, i didn't see any ruby chocolate no, no ruby chocolate, everybody, from our last conversation yeah. on chocolate. Ruby chocolate. reference back. D- does it exist? Is it conspiracy? Who knows? But didn't see any of it. Bit I think of a shame it was just there. A, it's a fact that sounded quite cool, but to be honest, it's not really impacted the world at all. No, no, exactly. The world can go on without ruby chocolate. Yep. Um, <laughs> well, we yes. have we have a, an interesting topic, to say the least, today, has, don't we? I think this is a fascinating topic. We, today we are going to be talking about the the, the Weetabix of Prime Ministers. Yeah, the one you just, you kind of, you have your standard Weetabix, mm. maybe maybe with a few raisins, you don't really add anything on top. It's just a, a fairly mundane, everyday Weetabix that kind of sifts through the cracks I of, don't poli- underst- of politicians. I, <laughs> I don't understand how this politician doesn't get brought up more. I, it's, reading about him, he's not uninteresting. No, I know. Um, um, it's it's weird. I don't know. Did you learn um, 
It's like a brand flake of a human. He just, he's always been old. He's always been old. He, he's kind of unnoticed, but at the same time, like brand flakes, mm. they, are quite, they are quite healthy. They're quite crucial. Mm. They have an impact. You, they have an impact. To they your, do things. To like, they do do things. He delivers fibre. And that politician is... John okay. Major. <laughs> Major John. <laughs> Major Sorry. John. So John I, Major. I can't get this guy's name to stick in my brain. I don't know how he comes so vanilla. He's just such a vanilla human. <laughs> um, I, I remember I was speaking to my, my grandma this weekend. Um, yeah. And she always does this thing when she's kind of uh, going back to talking about her, her good old days. And mm. she always mentions John Major. Really? In in her rambling, she always goes, "Well, in the days, you know, I I knew just a John Major, and you know, all all those all those groups of people." I think back then, you know, if you worked in and around London, potentially you've been in the military. I think yep. you kind of were closer to a circle of politicians, potentially, mm-hmm. and I think John Major kind of fits in that category of a politician, but also. You know, somebody who'd be seen at, you know, the odd party or so, or, um, you know, visiting somebody's christening or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. He does seem like that guy. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, let's get, let's get, let's get stuck into him because he played a, a, a pretty crucial role uh, our time. Um, in, in the, in our childhood, he played an enormously impactful role in in two ways in the iraq war massive role huge yeah and then the second thing is brexit yeah yes enormous role in all of this in which he has somehow managed to abdicate almost all responsibility for it Mm. being necessary in the first place yeah um and also i guess starting off some of these sort of illicit anyway actually do you want to let's get into details I, I could do a bit of a background yep so john major serves a politician uh and prime minister from 1990 to 1997 yep so th- so that is actually britain's longest period of continuous economic growth so quite an exciting quite an exciting time um wow you know in terms of our 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 kind of growths of since the you know the recession back in the back in the 70s and 80s mm. and he also saw the beginning of the northern ireland peace protests post ira and uh, malcolm mcginnis uh, activities in, in northern ireland but he was born in 1943 in uh, none other than the home county of surrey but raised in brixton uh, unlike many prime ministers of the 20th century, he did not attend university. So a bit like Winston Churchill yep. uh, after leaving school at 16. Wait, he didn't uh, he... attend university and neither did Winston Churchill? Nope. Nope. Winston Churchill, Winston Churchill dropped out of school at like 14. No, you're joking. No, I'm not. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why he was always kind of heralded as, a, as a, you know, as much as it's always come to light you know, that he was a terrible racist and potentially a terrible mm. human being. Um, he did, you know, obviously not go to a university and not, not have a, 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 a sort of formal education. Yeah. So a bit like Churchill, a bit of a rebel, but unlike Churchill, who kind of just slipped into politics uh, 
because it was probably known as the done thing to do in those days. John Makeshift right. actually um, entered politics because he had a love for it at a young age as an active uh, youth conservative in Brixton, who so joined the Conservatives Party at a young age. And he actually stood as a candidate for Lambeth Council, aged only 21. So imagine, imagine you and I being 21 and we've just decided, oh, I don't know, um, Harry, I think you've probably got a good shout at going for Chichester and West Sussex County Council as the leading candidate for, uh, for you know, to, to be ahead yeah. of it. So it's pretty That's you quite be able, impressive. Pretty impressive. Definitely wouldn't be able to do it now. But, um, you know, kudos I don't know. The... I think it's possible in some places. I, sometimes people just like to vote people because they're young. Yeah. But he actually he, he, he won the seat. Um, on the on in Lambeth County Council and became the chairman of the housing committee, so he stood and then he stood for Parliament um, in his late twenties um, in 1974 in St Pancras, losing both times before winning before winning Huntingdonshire <laughs> uh, seat in 1979, and in 1981 he became a ministerial aide. And then, and then a minister himself in 1983 before entering cabinet in 1987 as chief secretary to the treasury. Um, and then that's when it gets really interesting. And maybe you can, you can, you can take over and uh, talk around those, those important things that he did after, after then. Yeah. Um, well, he, what, that is, I love hearing about how people sort of, arrive at these situations uh, yeah i want to know more about winston churchill now because that's it i know, I know. He, he just gets more and more interesting the more you hear about him but um i find it interesting that he sort of bridges the gap between thatcher and tony blair yeah um and i've listened to him talk he's quite interesting he's one of the most soft-spoken politicians you'll ever find yeah very a gentle touch <laughs> When I spoke to the mothers of the the wives of the Iraq soldiers and blah, 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 I don't know, you could yeah. you could also you could imagine him doing sort of ASMR videos. Uh, yeah, okay, I get you. Nice, <laughs> nice. Oh, I found him very relaxing. But um, <laughs> he uh, one of the one of the things he's responsible for is us becoming so entwined with the EU. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and privatization, massive amounts of privatization across the UK. Exactly. So where it's where I left off is, so he's been promoted to foreign secretary in 1989. So he's a kind of a, a definite member of um, of government at this point. Mm. Um, and he kind of then took, you know, uh, a few other roles post 1989 as Chancellor of and then uh, and then foreign foreign secretary. Um, so then following Margaret Thatcher, he became prime minister um, and attempted to make peace between both his party and the country after the wake of Margaret Thatcher and kind of, you know, the, the divide that I guess she had taken between, you know, the trade unions uh, and the working class and, and, and the labour unions and all that sort of thing. Um, and I think after then he started to get really interested in in foreign policy and that's when he started to um go a little bit more into um because you know it's the fall of fall of the um the, the berlin wall and reunion of both east and west berlin so one of his main things was leading the part of economic policy to um link 
the exchange rate to the Deutschmark and keep inflation low um, for the UK, but also for, for the rest of Europe as well. Um, and he was also very key in something called the Maastricht Treaty. Do you know a little bit about the Maastricht Treaty? I know nothing about this. So the Maastricht Treaty was basically a score um, set out by the founding EU countries, that is France, Germany, um, Italy and the UK, I think. Um, and essentially what that did is if a country got above a certain um, level of GDP, mm. um, or no, if they were under a certain level of GDP, um, that was kind of the benchmark, they would have to pay certain penalties slash fares, because essentially they were trying to uh, stimulate economic growth. But if um, basically if a, if a country kind of wasn't up to the standard, um, there would there would be like fines, I think. Wow. Um, so if if your com- if your country uh, was going for a recession, yeah, um, they the EU would reward you with a penalty <laughs> by taking more money off you uh, that you could otherwise use to stimulate your economy. Basically, yeah. That's really interesting. I mean, that sounds terrible. It's awful. Yeah. It's really bad. Uh, and he had to kind of go through that as time as prime minister. Um, and then, you know, post what, 1989, like early 90s, um, he got the label of a bit of a Tory sleaze um, because he was the subject of a number of press stories about infidelity and poor moral behaviour. Right. Um, within the cabinet and the wider party. Um, and then the economy started to pick up kind of mid, mid-90s. Um, and then he started to kind of work towards a little bit more of a peaceful end to the Northern Ireland conflict. conflict and he led the way for the, the Good Friday Agreement in 1998. So he, this guy, he's done a lot. Like he's not really kind of mentioned a lot in all in all this yeah. stuff but um maybe you could add a little bit about his his involvement in, in 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 iraq because um i think that's one of the like most interesting things here is he was kind of a little bit like not quite like dick cheney behind the scenes in the u.s government but he was a little bit yeah i mean so it's, it's amazing the influence that he had on tony blair's uh his whole situation but i think what's also interesting is what you touched on just then is uh, the Good Friday Agreement and Ireland uh, mm. that came right at the end of his pre- uh, his his prime minister resident I don't know time in Parliament um, <laughs> I just always said presidency um, <laughs> he was he was attacked by so the, number ten was attacked by the IRA with a mortar there was an assassination attempt on him and the entire cabinet and if it had gone four foot higher it would have killed half the room oh my god. Yeah. Um, n- once again, never heard about this ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was saying at the time he wasn't sure whether that was Iraq or the IRA. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. Which I, which is so interesting. But yeah, so Iraq, they were in there. He actually claims uh, that they succeeded. Because, yeah. And to some extent, they did. Te- technically, Tony Blair 
created all of his own problems mm -hmm. uh, it, almost entirely for oil. Whereas yeah. John Major's operation was purely to keep Saddam Hussein out of Kuwait and yeah. he succeeded. Um, and keep their keep chemical weapons out of Kuwait, and after five weeks they came home. Yeah, that didn't happen when Tony Blair went into Iraq, which is I don't think that's I, I don't think they even thought Tony Saddam Hussein from from what we know now wasn't even in Iraq at that time. Um, no, or no, no, I know that. Yeah, um, I think he was potentially. He was, he was definitely not hiding in the major cities of, of Iraq. He definitely wasn't in like uh, Baghdad or anything like that. But that just whole that whole campaign was just a huge fuck up because I swear it wasn't because I mean the weapons of mass destruction I feel was a bit of a facade of the mm -hmm. reason why they were really there and that was to protect the oil fields in the Gulf. Yep. <clears throat> yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's amazing how this really consequential person uh, is just an unknown name to most people. Just because we he was he was done before we were born, but mm -hmm. not yeah. even you know he's still around for two years after we were born. Um, but he it was like but he's he he kind of made an impact in between some two very recognizable figures like margaret thatcher tony blair those are the two that you really remember but then john major hmm. uh you don't really kind of get an understanding of kind of his impact um hmm. and you know well, in he, terms he, yeah you go he was prime minister longer than donald trump oh yes Se yeah, yeah seven years hmm. yeah um that's pretty yeah exactly um and, and considerably you know, he, he made more of an impact, I think, than someone like Donald Trump, um, you know, doing a lot of different responsibilities. I think back then, the prime minister, not only were they just a face of government and they were there to initiate different policies, mm. but, you know, he was involved in uh, some key decisions of Iraq. So, I mean, that's on the kind of, uh, it's on the military side. And then you've got... Um, you know, economic policy that's kind of getting involved into the, with, yeah, with, with, with fiscal and economic policy. And, and quite a lot of most prime ministers nowadays, they have obviously ministers to do that, all of that. Um, mm. But they don't really get involved in it too much themselves. So um, I wonder how much his involvement back then was to do with Saddam Hussein. Uh, mm. Sorry, was to do with um, was to do with the oil fields. Um, and maintaining that control, oh, you know, exactly. because there's there is so much humanitarian, so many humanitarian issues around the world, especially mm. at that time. Yeah, it's bizarre that they chose to step in on that one. Yeah, sure. I mean, God, we could we could do another whole podcast on. That. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to know more about it. It's become so politicized that it's really hard to see it for the facts mm. um but i mean in terms of it's quite funny because in terms of of politics now um and especially like with some of the some of the prime ministers that we've had recently mm. you know back then um 
someone like John Major and someone like Margaret Thatcher, um, you, you didn't like take the piss out of those people as much as we do with our politicians now. I don't know whether oh, it's because Charlie, you're way wrong there. If you think that's the case, oh really? Yeah, your spitting image was the cornerstone of Margaret Thatcher's prime minister. Oh, I know uh, Margaret Thatcher. Ring. Yeah, and but then also it went on to John Major and is credited as one of the reasons that he got kicked out of office. Uh, office. They say the spitting image took the piss out of him so much. Christ. And, uh, you yeah. know, that, that was a whole TV show devoted towards taking the piss out of them, making <laughs> conservatives look like... Um, they, there's one I watched today. Margaret Thatcher says... Um, uh, oh, yeah, what, what, John Major steals a pen off another conservative MP. <laughs> and Margaret Thatcher goes round the cabinet asking the different... Uh, uh, ministers, oh, what, what do you call? Uh, what do we call it when another M person steals something from another person? Uh, and then, like various ministers, say stuff like, oh, "Is it a free market economy?" And then she smacks them around the head. And then eventually, uh, the right minister says it's socialism. <laughs> you would have called it socialism when someone steals Love something. Love anyway, um, but. God, that sounds actually really PC by today's standards. Yeah, it does. Uh, Donald Trump <laughs> pretending like taking the piss out of a disabled reporter. Um, yeah, I yeah. do. I do think. I do think Donald Trump's done more <laughs> damage than John Major, um, but because uh, he he's done damage, but he's done damage to his social conduct. He's done damage to how we talk about free speech. Mm -hmm. um, Whereas John Major did damage, like get us involved in a war that we didn't need to be involved in, uh, and got us more involved in Europe when we didn't need to be, mm -hmm. and then also uh, screwed up privatization of yeah, 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 yeah. the um, national rail. Yeah, but the know. thing, is, but the thing yeah. is, the thing is, if you were a politician back then, and hmm your prime minister and um i don't know someone like george bush initiates first contact into something like a war hmm. what do you do because the thing is you have to have some sort of stance and um i don't know it's tough like it, i think tough. at that point it was somewhat justified the, what they did was they went to iraq and they just showed strength they went to kuwait and showed strength yeah. And they said, if you leave Kuwait, that'll be the end of it and we'll go. Mm. Um, and, uh, but it just, obviously, it didn't pan out that way in the future. Mm. It's funny. I mean, I mean, do you feel within like British politics that, you know, whatever leader we have and whatever decisions they make, um, I think they're always going to be ostracised in some sort of way. No one kind of like how much good they, they do and whatever party they come from. Mm. I feel like as a nation, we're very quick to pick apart the failings of government and, um, you know, take, take, um, take let's just say, the, the, the negatives a lot over, over, over the positives. What do you think about that? Oh, we certainly don't... Uh... Like I think a lot of government is just quiet everyday 
churning of shit and you just show up and you shit churning i mean most most yeah most of the good most of the amazing things that happen happen in the sort of day-to-day you know amazon amazon wasn't built in one decision made on one day and stuff like that and that and now we have an amazing service but that sort of come from just loads of people spending nine to five in a cubicle mm-hmm. and that's how that's how it works yeah. yeah yeah um and that's kind of how government works and we just pay far too much attention to 12 people in one house yeah yeah i get you i hear but, you so I don't, I don't think any politicians are bad generally i i don't think you would get into politics if you first of all none no politicians really come from the private sector so the idea that um the idea that they are all corrupted or just trying to do things for their rich banker friends mm-hmm. i don't think is the case yeah exactly um, but, but I, I think the politics would be better if it went back to the times of Winston Churchill and any any old person off the street that has actually experienced the government services, yeah, then went into government to improve them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I agree. Um, but it, but interestingly, um, why did Sir John Major get knighted compared to any other politician? That's bizarre, isn't it? It's bizarre. No other politician I know has a knighthood. Let me have a so, look. How many politicians have knighthoods? So I think it was because in Sir John's time in office, mm. they saw an interest rate fall from 14% to 6%. Right. And unemployment was down to 1.6 million and inflation remained low. So mm. he handed over an economy that had been growing consistently for five years. So right. combined with any all the other different things, he had taken what was a shitty situation, turned it into a positive, and that, you know, not many prime ministers can come out of their terms saying, I smashed it. <laughs> <laughs> but was that anything to do with him? Yeah, that was all to do with him. How how did he improve? So in interest rates, right? Is that on loans? Uh, I think it's just generous general interest rates from from like all basket of goods to to loans to to everything. Right, fourteen percent. Yeah, and down, now went back down to fourteen percent. Four percent. Six. Six percent. All right. Yeah. Um, and now they're at what, like 0.5? They're like zero. Yeah. Um, but we're in the worst economic time ever. Supposedly. Well, th- we, we, we absolutely are. If, if, I know, we, I know. If, if we look at what companies are making in profit, there is no doubt to the fact that we're in a recession. Yeah, but the recession won't be felt until much later on. You can't. You can't do that right now. You can't yeah. relay that as a percentage. But what I mean is in his situation, it's quite interesting that interest rates fell, but is interest rates falling is kind of a sign of a, a bad economy, no? Um, no, because essentially what he's been doing is he's been keeping the interest rates low. So 
because they were extraordinarily high so it meant you know mm. in terms of borrowing um but in in a good economy people don't borrow money true that's um, my that's my opinion yes but in in other things in terms of like uh you know mortgages and and things like that um he mm-hmm. got them to a point where people were able to to have like a, a higher amount of household income and and kind of keep keep things pretty stable but i th- yeah we'll look into the details a little bit more but you know i think you know to look at to it look likely at the- could have had more to do with the fact that margaret thatcher um allowed, sold the council houses yeah potentially at ridiculously low prices to a massive portion of the population Mm. Then you know, obviously, interest rates are going to go up during that time because there's so much lending going on. Yeah. Um, that you know, that to if I'm going to lend out money, I've got thousands of people I can offer it to, and then over time they pay it off, and lending gets less and less, yeah. uh, and so they have to lower the interest rates to encourage more people to borrow money, mm-hmm. which is what's happening right now. The government is behind it, but all banks and everything are being encouraged to lower interest rates uh, to try and get borrowing up and spending up. Yeah. Um, but that happens naturally when, yeah, when lending is down, when mm. borrowing is down. So that seems mm. to be, it does, does, just doesn't sound like that had anything to do with John Major, which is interesting why he got knighted. Well, but I think so, it, so, so, he got so, the credit for it. Well, I mean, let's be honest, he was the only one post Margaret Thatcher to be involved. So I think you have to credit him naturally Mm. because uh, he he left the uh, exchange rate mechanism. um, Mm. And I think that was quite a key thing. Um, So he was he was an instrumental part of the beginning of the longest period of economic growth. So, uh, yeah, I think he, you know, wasn't the first. It didn't last during his whole time, but he was the first person to be a part of our longest part of economic growth. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, but at the end of the day, <laughs> if you do something great and news get out that you're cheating on your wife, you will be labelled a Tory sleazebag. So I'm well, Yeah, or a uh, or a Republican nominee. <laughs> Republican nominee, I know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, an interesting one. But yeah, we, we can delve deeper, but it's, it's, it's super interesting to kind of learn about um, all these different periods of, of, of government. Um, the, the brand flake of the British government. The brand flake of the British government. I think I'm still in two minds as to, as to, as to, as to think, okay, um, didn't do some, some, amazing things and probably joined some kind of events that weren't great in our history but at the same time I think he's probably looked on as a more favorable politician hence his knighthood. I think more so than a lot of politicians his decisions were not out of self or clearly not out of self-interest yeah like he was really trying he was a you know he's interested in government as a career but not in a negative way um and 
he, but I just fundamentally disagree. He's, I think he's the wrong sort of conservative uh, party member. I don't know. He, he didn't really stand for anything. Mm. Um, he, the economy was able to grow. I think that would have happened anyway. Um, and he, what he set the, you know, he set the thing he, through inaction, set this whole Europe debacle in motion. Yes. He just sort of went with America to Iraq, to Kuwait. Uh, he sort of went with, the, you know, the, there was a general consensus that Ireland were going to stop blowing shit up. <laughs> and he was there, fortunately, when that treaty was signed. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. I think he just said, sort of, I, I prefer a politician that stands for something and... Um, that that and that and that just doesn't just do his job and kind of does it quite quietly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't mind people doing their job quietly. Um, yeah, he's, he's interesting. I don't know how I feel about him. Mm. Don't know whether yeah. I would have voted for him, but I would have. Yeah, Tony Blair wasn't very great. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that. That is another topic for another time. Yes. Um, but everybody, that is all we've got time for. A little deep mm. dive into Sir John Major, please. Please. Uh, we know, might. This might have been a frustrating one for any historians or people that actually know stuff about politics to listen yeah, to. Yeah, please, please do let us know. Uh, you can email us. Um, <laughs> Charlie, well, you can't. <laughs> CharlieOldermoutlet.com or how can people contact you, Harry? Um, they can okay, They can follow me on Instagram, hjgwhite. There we go. And there go. Uh, yeah, write us in. Um, you can give us a massive history lesson if we completely failed you in our ramblings but um next yeah. week let's have something completely generic yes nice harry nice. have a good week have a good week confirmed good week bye Confir bye 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 <laughs>